the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. It is the Nick D podcast, uh, and uh, you are uh, hearing us on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, uh, available at radiomisfits.com, along with dozens and dozens of other really awesome podcasts. And, um, and also, you can check us out anywhere uh, that uh, podcasts are uh, available, any platform. And may please take the time to rate and review us and subscribe and like us. And yeah, it's us, and it is the Nick D Podcast. I am Nick DeGilio. It's episode number 52. Coming up on the episode, my good friend Monica Ang is going to join me, a fantastic uh, writer and journalist who uh, I used to work in the same building with her at the, uh, in the Trib Tower. She now writes for Axios.com, uh, along with my old uh, compadre there, uh, Justin Kaufman. They write for the Chicago edition of the incredible website slash newsletter, Axios, and they write about all kinds of really cool stuff. So we'll talk to Monica about uh, what she's been writing about, about Axios in general, and about some of the things that she's been writing about. Uh, and we'll get to that uh, in a second. And then coming up after that, of course, my good friend Esmeralda Leon will be joining me. Uh, and uh, she is uh, always with us um, on the podcast. And um, we're going to be talking about uh, hidden movie messages That'll be coming up, um, and also uh, we'll continue our weird uh, candy taste test, which is wrapping up. We're almost running out of the candy, but we're going to be tasting a little toilet candy. I'll explain that when we get closer. Toilet candy. And, of course, from the book, Are You Shitting Me? 1,004 Facts That Will Scare the Crap Out of You. I'll throw some more facts uh, that will uh, scare the crap out of all of us, and I'll uh, talk to uh, Esmeralda about that. And uh, some really fun news coming up here that I have to tell you. Um, coming up, uh, August 5th through the 7th at the Hyatt Regency O'Hare, Chicago, um, is the uh, 20th annual Fast Flashback Horror Convention. Yes, the Flashback Weekend Horror Convention reaches its 20th anniversary this year with a huge, great, party-filled, celebrity-filled, event-filled weekend that I will be a host of. Um, I will be doing uh, monitoring Q&As of celebrities and hosting screenings and doing some stuff associated with the podcast and just in, around, everywhere that weekend. If you are a horror film fan, even if you're not a horror film fan and you just want to have a great weekend and see some stars and some great celebrities, please come out. You got to come out. Check out flashbackweekend.com. It is, again, August 5th through the 7th, just a few weeks away, just a couple of weeks away at the Hyatt Regency O'Hare. And uh, it is a celebration of all things horror-related and so much fun. Uh, Robert England, the, 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 uh, the incredible Freddy Krueger, is going to be there along with a ton of other uh, cast members from the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Uh, Robert Carradine is going to be there uh, from the Revenge of the Nerds movies. Uh, PJ Souls is going to be there from Halloween. 
Um, uh, Alex Winter, Bill of the Bill and Ted movies, is going to be there. Um, tons of other uh, great celebrities and local celebrities, including Sven Gulli, who I get to introduce every year and hang out with. He's going to be there on Saturday, August 6th. And we are doing, Esmeralda and I will be there on stage doing a live version of this podcast. And I want all of the Nick D podcast fans and subscribers and listeners to be there en masse. We want to pack that big ballroom, and I want you to be a part of the podcast. There's going to be live mics set up in, in there for us to do Q&As with the audience. Um, and PJ Souls um, and John Michael Cullum, who are from Halloween, are actually going to be up on stage with us at one point. That's one of our guests, uh, two of our guests right there. The two stars of John Carpenter's original Halloween, including the great PJ Souls, are going to be on stage with us. We're going to interview them, talk about scary movies, and just have some fun, talk to the audience. Uh, and we will be doing uh, a great conversation that will be recorded uh, for the very first live Nick D podcast ever. So you got to be a part of it. It's the very first live Nick D podcast of all time. And it is on Saturday, August 6th. It'll be on Saturday afternoon. The time is to be determined, but it will be on Saturday afternoon, August 6th. So mark off your calendar when the time comes up specifically. You can uh, check it out, but you can go to flashbackweekend.com for all the updates, and cur- you know, including the schedule and the times for all the events, including screenings and other Q&As with stars and uh, all kinds of really incredible events and parties and all kinds of really cool stuff. Um, but our podcast will be recorded live at the um, Hyatt Regency O'Hare as part of the Flashback Weekend 20th Anniversary Convention Celebration. PJ Souls from Halloween is going to be up on stage with us. And Esmeralda and me talking about scary movies and scary things and opening up the uh, microphones to our audience. And we want all of you to come out. If you like this podcast, if you subscribe to this podcast, if you like me, if you like Esmeralda, and if you like horror movies especially, even if you don't, get your butt out there and support this and get into that audience and let's pack the place and show everybody that the Nick D fans are the best fans. So the very first live Nick D show podcast, Nick D podcast uh, is happening and it is happening on Saturday, August 6th in the afternoon at uh, the flashback weekend. So check out flashbackweekend.com, get there, be a part of it. It's going to be a blast. The whole weekend is going to be a blast. All the screenings, all the guests, all the celebrity stuff, all of the vendors who are there uh, who sell amazing horror-related items and T-shirts and DVDs and Blu-rays and books and all kinds of collectibles and, and action figures and everything under the sun that you can buy in the world is available in this giant vendor room along with an incredible amount of celebrities who will sign autographs and take pictures with you and do all kinds of cool stuff. And in addition to that, really... It's incredible. I'm very, very excited. Esmeralda is very, very excited to host a live version of the Nick D podcast at that convention on Saturday, August 6th. So get out there. Let's pack the place. Uh, let's make it known that uh, the Nick D podcast uh, will bring out the people. So get out there. And, 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 and speaking of bringing out the people, if you'd like to sponsor our podcast, we have a ton of listeners. Uh, a ton of subscribers. It'll be a good thing for your company or whatever you want to do, your product. If you want to advertise with us, contact us at sales at misfits, uh, radiomisfits.com. Sales at radiomisfits.com. Uh, and if you want to be a part of the podcast, just uh, uh, leave a voicemail, 773-417-6948. 
or an email, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. We get tons of emails and tons of podcasts, uh, podcasts, tons of emails and tons of voicemails. And we want to thank you for all of them. We listen to them all. We treasure them all. And we play many of them and read many of them right here on episodes of the podcast. So voicemail, 773-417-6948. Email nickdpodcast at gmail.com. You want to advertise with us? Do it. Lots of people listen. Sales at radiomisfits.com. My thanks to Jason Skaggs for the wonderful theme and for everybody else. And uh, I fully expect everybody to show up on Saturday, August 6th at the O'Hare, uh, the Hyatt Regency at O'Hare. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I don't think she's going to be there, but maybe. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I think she's going to be stuck on my back porch while we are doing our very first live Nick D podcast recording at the Flashback Convention. So flashbackweekend.com, it's Saturday, August 6th. That's when our podcast will will be live on stage, and that's where you're going to be. On that day. All right. Hey, let's say hello to the wonderful, the lovely, incredibly talented, and great journalist, Monica Eng, right after I say congratulations. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh, yeah. Don't be a jackal. It's uh, always a pleasure to catch up with uh, with an old friend. Um, she's appeared on the podcast one time before, and uh, we had a great time, uh, but was on my show when I was on WGN many, 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 many times. And in fact, for many years, we worked in the same building together, uh, and I would see her very often. And uh, her name is Monica Eng. Monica, how are you? Great. How are you? Good. It's always uh, always great to talk to you, and uh, and I'm glad you were able to do this today. Thanks. So uh, let's uh, talk, first of all, remind everyone, in case they didn't hear you on the, the last time you were on with me on the podcast, uh, tell us all about Axios and, uh, and, and what it's about, and, and you and Justin, or uh, Justin Kaufman, an old buddy of mine as well, uh, old co-worker of mine, you guys are working on Axios now. Tell me about, uh, about that. That's right. So Axios was started by the guys who started Politico, and they started, I want to say, five years ago, uh, just as sort of, again, you know, like a very politics and even tech-heavy site in D.C. And then a couple years ago, they decided to branch out and start these local Axios newsletters. Uh, Now they're in 25 cities, or we are in 25 cities, uh, with a couple of reporters in each one. And we put out a newsletter every day with five stories that uh, we report out or aggregate from other local stories that you should be looking at and we're having so much fun it sounds so it's just such a great like a dream job i mean you guys like tell me kind again you know you just you, you t- t- tell me again you guys just kind of pitch ideas and sit around and and like yeah. bullshit and, the, and then go hey i think we'll write about this is that right yeah we wake up in the morning we meet on zoom at nine thirty. we say hey this looks interesting this looks interesting okay great let's put together a newsletter on that um and then uh at around one o'clock we have our stories all done i mean we do work ahead sometimes we say hey in like the next few weeks this thing's coming up we should have a story on this and then we turn in our stories to our editor um by around one we edit by two and then we get it shipped out by three and then we go have a party or uh, do whatever <laughs> prep go, we need to do for the next day go have a party see there's a job yeah. right there 
so and, and you mentioned uh, you put it out there and it's out for the newsletter. How do people get this in order to uh, to check out all the stuff that you and Justin are doing locally uh, in Chicago? Right. Uh, what, where's the access to that? Great question. So uh, you can subscribe to get this newsletter every single morning, every weekday morning, by going to axios.com slash local slash Chicago. Or you could go to our site. You just type in Axios Chicago, and it'll take you to our site. You can see all of our archived stories and even look for just stories about food, just stories about politics, just stories about COVID. Yeah. All right. And uh, do you have some favorites that you've done so far? When did this? When did Axios kick off? When did you guys kick it off? We kicked off Axios Chicago September 20th, so we're coming up on our one-year anniversary. Wow, and wow. Um, Yeah, we've done so many fun stories. I mean, from investigations of lead in the water and what kids are eating at school to, um, to you know, great stories about what the, pol- the politicians are up to to, you know, the best Eros in town or the best submarine sandwiches or best dive bar. Um, and, you know, Justin had this idea that people really love to talk about their dogs. So he said, let's start something called Hot Dogs, right. where people send in pictures of their cute dogs. And I was like, and well, I'm not sure how that's going to work. People I would, love it. I was going to say, it. I would imagine you guys have gotten overwhelmed because people oh, yeah. people love their dogs. They love to take pictures of their dogs. And unfortunately, they love to dress their dogs up. Oh, yeah. And we got <laughs> pictures of those. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. So can people now for people who do who are listening to the podcast, I have many, many dog owners and dog lovers and dog dorks uh, yeah. listening. Uh, can they submit their dog to the to the oh, hot dog? Oh, they sure can. Yeah, yeah. you just, just send it to us at uh, at Axios. Sorry, at Chicago at Axios dot com or Monica dot at Axios dot com or Justin's name too, yeah. and uh, just tell us you know your dog's name, neighborhood, and something fun they like to do. Ah, how about that? Very very yeah. cool. You know, my partner in crime on this podcast, the lovely, the wonderful Esmeralda Leon. Um, she uh, part time she walks dogs. Um, and tells me very many stories about some of the unique and crazy dogs that she walks. Uh, She's got a show dog that she walks whose paws paws are dyed pink. Oh, my Um, gosh. She's got a Datsun who has to be carried down the stairs but can walk up the stairs, and I'm not sure about why. Maybe a, a, a... a very heavy head, which makes him or flip over. Or maybe they get scared going down the stairs. We have a chihuahua who's a little like that. Oh, you have a chihuahua. Wow. Yeah. yeah I don't know. The first thing I think of when I, when I think chihuahua, I just think, da, 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 da. And yes, I don't know. Yes. They love three people and then hate everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> What's your chihuahua's fun. name? Well, uh, she was a pandemic pup, but she oh, came oh, with the okay. yeah, yeah. She came with the name Belle already. Uh, she was found hiding under cars in Houston, and uh, we Aww. just love her to death. But boy, if she does not recognize or like someone, she is mean as a cat, yeah. or uh, <laughs> I don't know what else is mean. <laughs> how long? How how long did it take for this for for Belle to acclimate to you? I mean, I'm assuming that you're one of the three people that that yes. she likes. Uh, it took a few weeks, but once she likes you, she likes you. In fact, you know, I write most of the newsletter with her on my lap, no, curled kidding. up like a little tortellini, you know, looking up at me. Like, you would never kick me off, right? You're going to stay and you're going to write until <laughs> until your story's finished because you don't want to disturb me. 
<laughs> well, no. So, have you taken a picture for your for for of of Bell for your columns for for the column you guys do? I have. Um, you know, sometimes when um, well, I did a story about um, about these new dog treats made from Asian carp, also known as kopi, and I, I, I taste tested them. I said, okay, well, do dogs really like them? Yeah. And she loved them. Plus, I ate them because it's uh, it's human grade fish. So we both tried them together. We had a picture of her and. We had a picture of her hanging around non-alcoholic beer. She likes to scooch into pictures when I'm trying to take them for the newsletter. There you go. So tell me about this. How did this whole uh, treat thing start where you, where you taste tested the treat with your dog? And, and where did you hear about these new fish treats? Sure. Well, you know, I, I, I covered, like everybody else, I covered the big renaming of Asian carp. They renaming it to yeah. Kopi so people will think it tastes better or doesn't sound so gross. <laughs> right, um, right. <laughs> and then I get a letter from someone saying, hey, I see you're covering Kopi. Would you like to cover Kopi dog snacks? I said, sure. <laughs> Do you have some press samples? The next thing I know, they arrived in the mail and, and uh, Belle and I were eating them like crazy. So how does the so so uh, well? First of all, does the dog? The important thing is, does the dog enjoy them? Right, she liked them, and she you know she she was begging for them. She could smell them coming out of the bag. Um, and then when I tasted them, they tasted like jerky. They're a little smoky. They have a lot of sweet potato and cranberry in them too. So they've got a little sweetness, molasses too. So you can imagine sort of a sweet potato molasses cranberry flavor with some fish stuck in there. Jeez, that uh, sounds good. I'd eat that. Yeah, yeah. Well, smoke. They're, they're smoked too. So, do, do dogs do, do dogs like fish? I mean, I know cats are supposed to, and that's the stereotype, and they do. I've had I've been a cat owner many times over the years, and and cats yeah. enjoy fish and tuna and things like that. Is that something dogs enjoy? Am I missing that? Well, we've never like given our dogs, uh, you know, some tuna or anything, but uh, she sure seems to like these these fish snacks. I would imagine, yeah, you know, you know, you've seen those movies where like the wolves are eating the salmon. Um, yeah, that's all I know about <laughs> movies. <laughs> that's it. That's your. That's your. That's the extent of your knowledge in that yes, department. Yes. Uh, and again, what are the names of these uh, of these treats, and are they available uh, everywhere? People can get them for their dogs and and themselves, sure. obviously. Yeah. The- <laughs> The brand name is Chippin, and the first one they wrote to me, I was like, oh, it's from Arlington Heights. No, it's, they're made in Arlington, Virginia, for some reason. And it's actually it's a company that tries to use invasive species um, or other sustainable protein in their stuff. So they've got cricket dog treats, and then they, I believe they have, um, I want to say algae uh, dog treats as well, um, so that people can, oh, sorry, spirulina, which is sort of like algae. So <laughs> these are very new age dog treats that uh, don't have just the usual, I don't know, um, beef or something in them. Yeah. Or, or some sort of substitute. Right. Uh, right. Of beef. You know, it's funny, right. uh, you know, you, you would be very proud for people who, who don't know, let's remind you, you, you were on my show many, many times over the years at WGN. And there yeah. was a period of time when you would just eat anything. This was a bit that you were doing. You would write about it in the trip and say, yeah, you know, like Monica will eat anything. Um, And and I think you'll be proud of the fact that over the past couple of months, my partner Esmeralda and I, uh, during our last segment of each episode, have been eating very odd flavored candy and taste testing it on the on the on the podcast. And we've had like bacon flavored gum and, you know, like we just weird tasting uh, candy. Uh, And and we've been doing that for a while. How did the whole will Monica eat that thing begin? And do you still eat weird stuff? I mean, obviously you do because you're eating dog treats. So (laughs) so Um, tell me how that started. 
Well, it started because when I got to the Tribune, there were already lots of food writers. And so I had to figure out what my niche would be. And, you know, by by default, it was the stuff nobody else wanted to do. Sure, <laughs> so sure, sure. I, I would, you know, like I, I reviewed this one Filipino restaurant in... Um, in Uptown, and they have something called dinaguan, which is basically pig blood with pig organs all in a stew. Mm. And um, nobody else at the Tribune wants to be reviewing that. But um, but it, I have a podcast called Chewing with Louisa Chu, who yeah, is yeah. the um, and we have uh, it's almost a decade old now, and we've always had a um, a segment called Will She Eat It. Right, and uh, we dare each other to eat all sorts of things. And Louisa has come back from the uh, the candy show, the sweets and snacks expo, with many interesting flavored things. I think she had like I want to say a fart flavored um, jelly bean recently. We did the fart yeah. jelly bean. We there did you go. it. We Every, did. All the cool we kids did. are eating fart jelly beans. Yeah, now. we had the fart jelly bean. We had the uh, we had pizza flavored hard candy. There was there, there was. Um, a vegetable flavored uh, a medley a of vegetables. We did. We didn't know. We didn't have guacamole. Yeah. We had green bean. We had carrot, uh, and some other sort. It was like a. It was like hard candy. You know the kind of hard candy that you'd see on your grandmother in the dish on your grandmother's right, coffee right. table. Um, but except when you tasted it, it tasted like you know. Well, the carrot thing. It tasted like carrot, but that's fine in candy because there's a carrot yeah. cake. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that makes sense. But when you get like the green bean one was weird. Uh, yeah. So, so some of them are a little off-putting. What's the worst? Can you can you narrow down some of the worst things, or perhaps the worst thing that you've ever tasted sure. on Will She Eat That? What do you got going there? Well, maybe it wasn't the worst tasting, but so there's something called Balut, and it's uh, Chinese yeah, slash yeah. Southeast Asian <laughs> slash Filipino. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, basically uh, either a duck or a chicken embryo that's still right. in the egg. So when you eat it, you're like crunching through the skull and the beak and the little feathers and the toenails. <laughs> and so that's um, that takes a little bit of getting used to. Yeah. Um, the the, the but, people in your life, uh, your significant other and your kids, do they do they just go get a, get away from me? Is that a is yeah? That a, like mom, they... not again. I remember the time, and I'm not sure if my kids will hear this. So I used to go to, well, I still go to this place called uh, Carnitas Don Pedro on 18th Street, and mm-hmm. one of the things they had, and they had to change the name of it. They were calling them quesadillas, but really they were tortillas filled with pig brains that were sealed with tor- with um, toothpicks and then deep fried. And my kids loved them. You know, they ate them since the time they were like one. Now, they, and... didn't, know what we- they didn't know what they were, though, right? Right. Well, okay. I finally, like, okay, when they were 12, I said, okay, kids, I should tell you, these quesadillas, um, you know, they're, they're deep fried pig brains. <laughs> and they freaked out. And I had to say, ha, kidding, just oh. kidding, because I couldn't take the scene that was happening in the restaurant. Uh huh. You told them in the restaurant. Yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> that was not a smart thing to do. Now, okay. Now, how old are your kids now? They're twenty three and nineteen. Okay, so I they think now know. They might know now. I think. Okay, so. I was gonna say now they have to know that it was pig brains, and you said, "Oh, I'm just kidding," just to calm them down. Yeah, just because I, I couldn't deal with it. But yeah. in fact, it was really pig brains. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. See now, now that they sounds, call that them sounds... tacos de seso, which means Ta- oh, that's to, yeah, yeah. What does it mean tacos. again? Brain tacos. Uh, ta- yeah. See, yeah. now that sounds delicious to me. That's how oh, I would. Oh, so good. Oh, so I would. Eat, I would eat the hell out of that. And the pig yeah. blood thing uh, sounds fine to me. I, yeah. I'm a. You know, I love uh, blood pudding. I love. Right. Uh, you know, Irish, I, you know, Irish, uh, Irish breakfast and Irish yeah. sausages, yeah. all that stuff, yeah. and the British stuff. I, I'll eat the hell out of that stuff. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, that doesn't seem very weird to me. No. Um, I don't know. Well, Kids uh, just yeah. don't like the sound of it. I, I know. But see, the embryo thing, that one kind of pushes the envelope for me. Yeah. I mean, like, hey, let's crunch like through feathers, a skull. Feathers in your teeth. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. No, that's not. That's not good. <laughs> now, you know, obviously, we've talked about this in the past, but you did grow up um, in and around the kitchens of Chinese restaurants because it was in your family. Yeah. Um, so w- were you used to you? You were at a young age were used to sort of exotic and, and strange foods more than maybe your your friends at school and things like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, in the dining room, they would serve, you know, just your usual, you know, beef and broccoli and stuff. But for family meal, they would uh, they'd serve, you know, bitter melon and chicken feet uh, that uh, the staff would eat. And so we were pretty used to that. Yeah. And, you know, my, and on the other side, my grandma's Puerto Rican and we would have something called morcilla, which is uh, pig's blood sausage. I remember the first time she's like, we're like, this is so great, grandma. She says, it's congealed pig's blood and rice. <laughs> And I'm like, what? How could you give that to us? So, you know what? You were just returning the favor to your kids, obviously. Right, there you go. That's, that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Well, uh, and I know that you continued. Okay, and, and how often does uh, does uh, uh, your, your podcast with uh, the Chew podcast happen? Um, that uh, is every other week, and we go like 13 episodes. We just wrapped up for the spring and summer, and then we uh, launch again in the fall. But there are hundreds of epi- episodes to look for, uh, chewing, chewing.xyz. You can find them all there Great. Um, or on SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts. There you go. All right. Very, very cool. All right. Well, I've always, I always found that really fun fun thing about you is, like, yeah, well, uh, they'll, you'll eat anything. Uh, yeah. I've often found that funny. I'll try it and- once. And we ke- and we kept that we've kept that Esmeralda and I have kept that spirit going with some weird tasting uh, food. I love uh, that, that you know, and that food candy like specifically. Yeah. Um, and uh, we've got a couple left to go. The next one that we're going to try, in fact, on this this episode is um, I, in, I in front of me. I have a thing called the blue raspberry sour flush. Ooh. and it's a plastic. It's a small plastic toilet, and you lift the lid. And dunk a little lollipop in there, and inside the toilet is something uh, that you you coat. So, like, you lick the lollipop. It's like the dipping sticks. Like the dipping sticks, you know. Yeah, like you're cleaning the toilet. but Right. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So the brush is the the lollipop, and you're cleaning out the toilet, and whatever is on the... In the toilet is on the lollipop, and that's what Fantastic. you Fantastic. I hope it's not chocolate. Well, maybe it is. No, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I would prefer chocolate over the alternative yeah. uh, right. than what could be in the... So that's Sour Flush. We'll be doing that a little bit uh, yeah. uh, later. So anyway. All right. Uh, back to Axios and some of the things that you guys have been working on. Before we go into that, um, t- t- it, so just yesterday, because you know, in terms of when we're taping this and when it will be out, um, you guys um, uh, have talked about, you did a, a story uh, in the newsletter about Feeder, Robert Feeder. Mm-hmm. Um, and Robert Feeder, for people who might not know, has covered media in this city thoroughly and beautifully for over 40 years. And he retired out of the blue a week ago. Yeah. Uh, just completely retired. And for people who have been in the radio business or the media business for any length of time, know Rob, know his work. And every day, if you're in the world of media or radio like I have been, you always say, hey, did you read Feeder today? And sometimes uh, you read Feeder to find out if you still have a job. That's some, <laughs> some, so Robert Feeder, you know him you know, very well being part of the media for so long. Um, yeah. What kind of impact does that, did Robert Feeder make covering media in this town? 
Well, it was huge. You know, my, my first job in media was in 1985 at the Chicago Sun-Times, and one of my jobs was taking messages for Rob. So, yeah. you know, there was no such thing as voicemail back then. So I was like, hi, Rob Feeder's office. I'm sorry, he's not here. Can I take a message? And I would mess up messages all the time as a teenager. And he <laughs> right. was so nice about it. <laughs> he would never make me feel terrible. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah, he, thing it, it didn't happen in the media if he did not report it. And he was on it, whether it was TV or radio or newspapers. Um, he knew, you know, who was going where and people would tell him first. And um, as, uh, as 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 my co-writer Justin says in tomorrow's item in the newsletter, you know, we, we, we say basically what happened and why it matters, you know, because, you know, he was also a watchdog. He would also investigate what really happened yeah. in some of these these big newsrooms or big media deals that yeah. uh, the people didn't want uh, the public to know about. And so he said that he's he's worked in he said, I've worked in so many newsrooms where the manager would come in angrily and saying, oh, my gosh, how could that have gotten into feeder? And he said that not only did he report on what was happening, but he kept management and you know sometimes bad guys in journalism in check. And now we don't really have that anymore. Exactly. Right? All, all the bosses always want to know who leaked this to feeder. <laughs> right, right. And there always somebody did. Uh, somebody yeah. always did. And uh, it'll be interesting to see. And so you guys talk about um, what, what, you know, who's going to do this? Who's going to fill this slot? I mean, nobody, right. could, nobody could fill the slot that Rob did. Nobody can. Yeah. I don't care how good a media reporter steps in and tries to do what Rob did, but nobody could do the job that Rob did for so thoroughly, so excellently, in such an excellent fashion, and for so long. But yeah. what, what you guys have tried to figure right. out and talk to people, who's going to step in? Who? Anybody? Well, uh, we asked uh, the Sun-Times, the WBZ, now that they are the same entity. They said they have no plans to have anyone covering the media. We asked the Chicago Reader that had, you know, hot type for decades. They they said they're going to leave it up to the new culture editor, whoever that is going to be. And then, of course, we talked to the Tribune and Cranes, and they said, well, we have Bob Chanick covering it part-time in addition to other things. And we have Ali Mariotti covering it part-time in addition to other things. But that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, at one time, Gary Deeb was the media reporter yeah. on Channel 7. I mean, it was that big where you can have a, a, a TV guy doing it full-time. Yeah, I, uh, it's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, a guy I went to high school's sister worked as a secretary for Gary Deeb. Oh, my gosh. When I was in high, back when I was in high school. Um, wow. yeah. So, and I remember, I remember, uh, you know, Gary Deeb covering all of that stuff. He was one of the first names that I remember. Um, but yeah, I mean like, I, no, well, where do, where do, where do people go now? Like, uh, to get, you know, the ratings. Cause I used to love to look at the, you know, at the, yeah, well, you have the, to subscribe to Arbitron to officially get them. You can get yeah. some sort of version of them free, but you know, Rob had the real ratings and he would break them down for Chicago and tell you who's in first, who's in second. And, you know, I, I don't know how it was at the radio stations where you were, but we always praised those as, you know, a great barometer of our popularity when we were doing well and poo pooed them when we exactly weren't. Exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's what you yeah. did. That's what yeah. you did. Uh, well, it, it's it's really sad that that he's. I understand. I mean, the guy you know put in over forty years doing this and deserves every you know 
ounce of, 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 of retirement that the guy can get, yeah. you know, and, and whatever his next venture is, I think it's going to be, it'll be great. I think a book should be his next venture. That's just yes, me. Yes. Um, and, 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 uh, but I'm going to miss the daily reports, always checking in with feeder in the morning and seeing what was going on. And, uh, and, and, and just on a personal note, he was always very kind to me. Yes. Um, always could be trusted. Like, yep. Let's say, let's say someone leaked to him. I have no idea anyone who ever leaked to him, but let's say someone did. If he promised to yeah. keep you anonymous, he would. He would, yes. Not that I would know anything about that. But right. yes. um, and, and he was always he was always like really kind uh, to me, you know, um, you know, after the debacle at GN, um, yeah. you know, he was he, he obviously he took my side on that. And uh, when it was sort of uh, announced, kind of announced that I was going to do this podcast, uh, he immediately called me. And the next day uh, I was the lead story. Um, nice. you know, in the podcast and I just, uh, he's always been very supportive of me, uh, of me ever since, you know, I latched onto the coattails of Roy Leonard back in the day. And he's always been very supportive of me. Uh, even when management wasn't, he was always a good guy. And, and he did that, uh, with everybody, you know, uh, yeah. he respected the, he respected it. It's, it, it's a huge hole now in, in, in our, in our, in our reporting world. Huge. Yeah. Absolutely. So. You know, for instance, my partner who used to be the editor in chief of the Tribune today, he announced he was going to be um, he's going to be the COO of this uh, the startup. And uh, he said there was there was no one to tell. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right. I know. It's so I mean, really. And, and this is, you know, like, obviously, you, you know, you guys, when Axios happened, you guys got covered by feeder. Yeah. And, you know, and that's that's what you got. And you got and, you, and everybody read feeder and it was really wonderful. And now it's like, man. That's just really too bad. And, you know, my, my, my good friend Steve Cochran, who is now, you know, Morning Drive on WLS, who, by the way, is just kicking ass, I think, on Morning mm-hmm. Drive on LS. Um, he's trying to convince Feeder to do his show. And Rob's like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do that. But thanks for asking. Yeah. So, well, that's too bad that, that, that some of those outlets that you guys interviewed aren't, are planning on not uh, really jumping back into that. So. Yeah. No, that's too bad. Well, uh, all right. Let's talk about some of the some of the other uh, things that that you've been covering. Um, let's 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 talk about dive bars. Yeah. Um, now, I uh, I quit drinking uh, some years ago, but I, I I am a recovering alcoholic, so therefore I've spent a lot of time in dive bars, Monica. Um, yeah. And I spent hours and hours of them, and I have my own list of the best Chicago dive bars uh-huh. uh, that I will that I would love to share with you, but. Tell us about how this started and who contributed and what were the results of best Chicago area dive bars. Well, we do something called Food Fight every week where we say, you know, here's the category, here's our favorite, you know, and then, well, Justin says his, I say mine, we ask the audience about theirs. Yeah. And uh, and boy, did they dive right in yeah. with their favorites. You know, There's Justin so said, many. There's yeah. so many, Monica. I mean, seriously, like every other block, there's a bar in Chicago. And, yeah, and they're you know, yeah, not all fancy schmancy. So. Exactly. Like there was an old style sign out front that's usually a dive bar. And, that's uh, right. Um, um, but yeah, so so go ahead. So you you guys chose yours and then they came sure. up. People came out of the woodwork. I bet they, right. I bet you, yeah. <laughs> they pulled and up the, a stool. There's so many ways to, uh, <laughs> to pun yeah. this. Uh, so yeah. Justin was like, I could choose Fire Tuck, Skylark, or Frank and Mary's, but I'm choosing Gallery Cabaret. Mm. I said, well, the only one I know is Old Town Ale House, where my mom used to always hang out and I'd, I'd stay in the car with the reader. And then eventually I would go in and that's where... You know the the controversial proprietor and artist Bruce Elliott holds court. Right. Um, 
Then Chad G said he likes Delilah's. Several people said they like Rossi's. Um, uh, Rossi's North. is it's, Rossi's is on my list. Oh, it's um, divey. Rossi's is on my. I love that bar. Now, of course, I don't go there anymore. But um, you know, when when I worked in the Trib Building, there uh, it's not a very far walk, right up there at State yeah. Street. And uh, and I and I had a friend who lived in Marina Tower. Uh, so it was staggering distance. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that bar. I think that bar is one of the best dive bars in the city. You mentioned Old Town Ale House, legendary. Um, you know, one of the greatest bars in the city. When I was, you know, back in the 80s, um, I would go to Old Town, but you'd only go to Old Town after O'Rourke's closed. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, it was the last stop of the night. Yeah, because O'Rourke's, uh, you know, a lot of people remember O'Rourke's being um, across the street from Steppenwolf. Uh, but it was originally on North. It was on, yeah, North and Orleans. It was on the corner of North and Orleans. And that was the original uh, bar. And I would go there, and then we'd close that place and, then, and go down to Old Town. But Old Town, you mentioned the art, and, the, and that place is insane. Uh, it, <laughs> nude jukebox, Sarah Palin, nude Rod Blagojevich. It's, it's, and... it's so amazing. Um, and it's, it's a, it's, that's a great bar. But, yeah, uh, Rossi's uh, gets mentioned by one of your, uh, by one of your readers. And I, yeah. I, I back that one 100%, a great dive bar. What are some of the other ones? What about Delilah's on Lincoln? I, you know, um, here's my thing about Delilah. I don't – for me, Delilah's isn't a dive. <laughs> it's less divey. Yeah. I it's I don't know why I don't I don't necessarily think that Delilah. I mean I guess why I, I can see why people think it's a dive, but that one for me a dive is like a, a dive is not just sort of the way it's presented and sort of the interior of it and, and maybe the prices, but the clientele and Delilah's doesn't have the clientele of a dive bar. Yeah, Cali- a more Lincoln Parky. Yeah, Delilah's has a hip. You know, uh, was that a dog? Was that was that uh, Bell? Yeah, that's that's actually <laughs> Bell's co-adoptee, uh, Ted. Who? Come on, you got to stop it, girls. Anyway, it just adds texture to this. Um, yeah, no, that's um, cool. Yeah, so yeah, I, th- I I I agree on Delilah's. That, well, the Nisei Lounge. Bob Kumaki told us he likes the Nisei Lounge. Nisei is the only bar that, when I was still a drinker, the only bar that I would go to in Wrigleyville was Nisei. I hated oh. every other bar because yeah. they were, you know, Nisei was, a, was like the dive bar of Wrigleyville and still right. is. And it was run yeah. for a long time by Scott Martin, who owns Simon's, um, which I think that, would probably. Which is also on the list. Yeah, which I don't think is a dive bar. But, um, <laughs> but I, I lived in Andersonville for 14 years, and there was a period of time when I was there every single night oh, at Simon's. Oh, boy. So, uh, uh, Dugan's in Greektown? Oh, yeah, Dugan's is great. Yeah, God, I, I just. Yeah, Monica, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now that you probably will mention bars, and I've probably been to every, <laughs> I've probably oh been to every one of them. Um, I have a couple. Floyd's Pub at Oakley and Armitage. Oakley and Armitage. No, you know which one again? Floyd's Pub. Floyd's at Oakley and Armitage. Nope, not been there. Okay, so what? Are you, what's your list? Okay, um, it's not so much anymore, but uh, back in the um, early. 90s up until like the late 90s carol's pub on clark oh right of course country music yeah uh and karaoke uh and it's now it's hip again a lot of these bars have been a lot of these bars now you know but back in back you know 4600 north on clark was not the greatest you know area in the world uh, back in those days carol's is one of them uh uh, the the bob inn on fullerton oh um, right right uh, not very far from fireside bowl yeah uh that's a great one uh, mentioned Rossi's, mentioned Old Town Alehouse. Uh, the legendary one uh, that I'm surprised, maybe maybe it did get mentioned uh, from your listeners, L&L, uh, the L&L on uh, Belmont and Clark. Yeah, I was surprised that Justin didn't say that. Yeah, the creepiest bar in the city. <sighs> Fantastic bar. 
Fantastic mm-hmm. bar. John Wayne Gacy favorite. <laughs> it's, it's, or was uh, it a Jeffrey Dahmer? I can't. Jeffrey remember. Dahmer. Yeah, yeah I right. think it was Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> get uh, my mass murders right. You're getting your mass murders mixed up. But L and L, which was on Belmont near Clark. Yeah. Uh, or I'm sorry, Clark near Belmont. Um, yeah. Right across from the Pumpkin Dunkin, uh, yeah. Pumpkin Donuts, um, which is not there anymore, and the Alley, which is not there anymore. But yeah, the mm-hmm. L&L Tavern. But the one that I love, uh, that I used to go to so many times and meet all my friends there, is the Sovereign. Have oh. you been? Have you been no, to the Sovereign? I don't know it. It is uh, on Broadway in Edgewater, near Caldwell, about sixty-two, oh. north on Broadway. Okay. It's the Sovereign. And yeah. it is as divey and as awesome a bar as you could possibly imagine. Um, so those were the ones we, that I came up with. And I'm, we and mentioned I know... the Lakeview Lounge, although it didn't make it in the story, the one that used to have the band, uh, Nighthawks yeah. or something, Night something, mm-hmm. in, in back of the bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so those are classic uh, dive bars. And yeah. then you mentioned Yiros. Uh, uh, right. Uh, you, you did that as well. Is, was that part of the food fight thing as well? Yep. So um, on our Thursday food fight, it's going to be Yiros, best Yiros in Chicago. And, um, you know, Chicago is invented the mass-produced Yiros cone. You know, basically it's a pourable meat slurry that gets poured into this shape. <laughs> And right. then it can be sent out all over the nation. And, and all of the top manufacturers are here in Chicago because it started here in the 70s. Yeah. And, um, but then there are other fancy places that actually take pieces of meat and stack them on the spit and put their spices on it. And every time I've tried one of those fancier ones that are up to $22 for one sandwich, they just, they're just not as good as this, you know, sort of formed meat. Right chunk from a slurry uh that that i think holds its flavor and its fat content better especially when done well so i chose um windy city euros um on broadway i believe Mm -hmm. um as as the best place they know what they're doing you know it's in the name for god's sake yeah a lot of these places have you know a lot of the best euros places have the the word euros in them yeah uh and is what who did what did justin pick he chose mr euros uh in greek town okay all right and uh, and have the uh, has this one been published yet? Is this out there yet? This is uh, coming out on Thursday. Okay, so, so we'll, we're talking it, on a Wednesday. Yeah. So yeah, so we're talking. Well, we're actually, yeah. So it'll be yeah. No, it'll be out. Uh, it was out. Uh, well, the way that we're the way that we're going to be uh, uh, people are going to be listening to this. It came out yesterday, Monica. Okay, so, there you go. <laughs> so because yeah, today is week. today yeah. is Friday, so it came out yeah. yesterday. So if people want to give their thoughts on Best Heroes, yeah, they can um, write into us. And I'm sure you'll get tons now. Yeah. Uh, explain if you can, because people might get confused. It's the same kind of thing. You got the big knife, you got the little scooper and you're cutting off the meat. Mm -hmm. Explain the difference between a shawarma and, uh, and a gyros if you can. Yeah. Slightly different, uh, spicing. And, um, oftentimes shawarma are stacked at the place where there's like, you know, piece of meat, piece of meat, piece of meat. Right. Most gyros in Chicago, again, comes from these, these factories that, that make it one big chunk of, uh, ground meat altogether. Right. Um, and uh, although they come from, you know, similar parts of the world, Mediterranean, some people say that Alexander the Great, who told his soldiers, you know, hey, we don't have any place to cook. Just put the meat on your sword and kind of turn it around, that he actually uh, invented this. But it's unclear. It came from the Turkey, the, the Ottoman slash Turkey uh, slash uh, Greek region. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, you know, shawarma could really be the same. It basically, euros means spins around. So Yeah, yeah. They're pretty and, and, darn similar. But the sauces are different. 
Like the, the, the right. A lot yeah. of times with shawarma, they'll give you a, a spicy sauce uh, right. rather than a uh, and and a tahini rather than a tzatziki, which mm-hmm. is more sort of yogurt or uh, cream based with mint and garlic and cucumber. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you can't, you can't go wrong with either of them, as far as I'm concerned. No. I would eat the hell out of of, of of a big giant shawarma or a big giant gyros, no oh, question yeah. about it. But I have two choices for my for okay. my for my uh, picks uh, for gyros. King's King King gyros, which is on uh, Milwaukee, 5200 North Milwaukee at, at oh, Northwest right. Highway, Northwest right. Highway, and Foster. When coming back from the airport, we would always right. consider stopping there. Yeah, Kings is great, and I mean they have all the other stuff. Like a lot of these places that we're talking about, they have all the other stuff too: your burgers and yeah. your and your you know your hot dogs and all that stuff. But but uh, but uh, but yeah, Kings right there on Milwaukee Northwest Highway Foster, right there by the Kennedy, uh, fantastic. But I've got to go with and I, 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 oddly the two that I chose are and and maybe it's because uh, it's an area that I've spent a significant amount of time in as as a younger person. Um, northwest side, uh, Central Euros on uh, Central. Oh. Uh, at 31, just south of Belmont on Central. Okay. Uh, Central Euros. Uh, yeah. That is probably my number one choice. Um, I've seen that recommended. I still haven't tried it. Yeah, it's terrific. It's it's terrific. And oddly, both of them are, and I, I, I don't know why I chose the first two that popped into my head. I guess because those are the ones I've gone to the most. Um, yeah. And they just happen to be on the northwest side of Chicago. So those, those would be my choices. And it'd be interesting to see if any, uh, anybody else uh, contributing to Axios uh, picks Central or Kings. Those were the... I will let you know. Yeah, please do. So there you go. Any other uh, food fight stuff uh, that's banging around that you guys are going to you know, think about uh, doing, like battles that you're going to think about doing coming up? Oh, jeepers. We, there's one we've got coming up next week. And I can't remember. It's, it's pegged to something. But we recently did birthday cakes, and we had so many people tell us, oh, you have to get your birthday cakes from here because people have you know, favorites. I always get them from Chinese bakeries because we're a half-Chinese family, and they've got the light um, sponge cake with whipped cream. And, um, Do you have specific, specific bakeries or specific oh, places yeah. that you like? So there's a place called Chui Quan. Um, and that's in, uh, there's one in Chinatown and one on Argyle that do these great, it's fruit and whipped cream Mm. and it's just simple and you're not going to, you know, be overly stuffed at the end of the meal. You can say, Oh, I'll still have this. Uh, Although a lot of people really like the rich buttercream ones. That's not my style. Yeah. That's a little much for me. Like I can like, you know, give me a sliver and I'm good. You know what I mean? Like that's a, that's a little much for me. Oh, I know what we're going to do. Next week, we're going to do Detroit pizza. So Governor uh, Gretchen ah. Whitmer recently threw down to her fellow Midwest uh, governors and said, sorry, guys, we've got the best pizza. Our state has the best pizza. Yeah. And then Pritzker wrote back, are you kidding? In Illinois, we have Quad Cities pizza. We've got Deep Dish and we've got Tavern. So yeah. we're going to, but Detroit pizza has a big presence here in Chicago now. And so we're going to choose our favorite places. It does. No, Detroit pizza has gotten very popular here in Chicago over the few years, over the past few years. Yeah. Uh, very, very popular. I mean, even to the point where isn't Jets a chain I, and that's. Yeah, they're like 20 Jets all over the city. I mean, they're yeah. pretty much in every neighborhood and they they're are. darn good. It, they're good. I mean, look, Detroit, Detroit style pizza is really great. I always like, cause I'm not, Monica, I think we've probably talked about this in the past. I am so not a deep dish guy at mm-hmm. all. Um, I, I know very few deep dish fan Chicagoans, frankly. Yeah, I mean, well, true Chicagoans, it's tavern style. And yeah. You know what I mean? It's cut in squares as God intended. That's as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And 
And so, like, you know, the, the deep dish stuff, that's when people come in from out of town. Like, mm-hmm. relatives come in from out of town. You go, all right, we'll go to Gino's or we'll go to Lou Malnati's. Yeah. I got a Lou Malnati's. Literally, I have a Lou Malnati's, uh, Monica, about 900 feet from my front door. Oh, really? And I've been there once. <laughs> in all when the years out of towners yeah uh, yeah in all the years that i've you know been going there you know uh, that i i you know whenever i get pizza in this neighborhood or i order it, it's always thin it's always tavern i mean that's yeah. to me that's chicago pizza yeah so is this this battle gonna be between deep dish are they are they taking a deep dish against against the jets style D- detroit well, not not in our story, but this was okay. definitely this. You know, Gretchen Whitmer wanted to just say, "Ha ha, guys! You know, you don't have good pizza." Uh, but we're saying, look, we've accepted it. Detroit is great, and in fact, Chicago's got a great Detroit scene. There's Five Square, there's um, Polly G's, there are a ton of Jets, and then there are three other restaurants whose names I can't remember that do yeah. really, really good. Polly G's, I totally um, forgot about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's so good there. It's, it's like great a work stuff. of art. Well, that'll be fun. So that's something to look forward to. The battle yeah. of Detroit versus Chicago pizza. And we're and so, you know, there's an Axios Detroit and we're going to ask them, uh, hey, do you guys have Chicago pizza that you like there? Tell us, you know. Yeah. Maybe and, but, they're they're, like, yeah. but their idea of Chicago pizza is going to be wrong. It's deep dish, right? It's deep yeah. dish. I mean, that's yeah. the thing that makes me crazy. It's like I remember John Stewart did this thing where he. Uh, oh, you, the whole casserole yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and I yeah. agreed with him and I was like, and I and, and I am not a New York style pizza guy. Like, yeah. if if you fold a piece of pizza in front of me, I will hit you. <laughs> but I, I hated that he was suggesting that's all we eat here. That's exactly what yeah. I'm saying. Is that yeah. he, you know, like, and I'm sure that he actually thinks that, yeah. which is which is the perception that outside of the, you know, the perception around the country is that Chicagoans eat that deep dish crap all the time, and we don't. And yeah. you know, and so when I was watching John Stewart, and I know a lot of Chicagoans were like, John Stewart's a jerk for doing that. No, he's right. Every single thing he said criticizing deep dish pizza was correct. Was <laughs> was correct. Yeah. But like he thought, you know, like like a lot of New Yorkers and a lot of people who are well, he's from Boston, um, you know, think uh, yeah. East Coasters think that that's the kind of pizza that we eat here, and it's not. Yeah. And uh, I think we need. I think Monica, you and Justin should be on a on a on a crusade to change right. that. Set I think, it straight. Yeah. Set it straight. Exactly. Um. I'm 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 curious about this. What is the new adult playground? This is something that you you said. Hey, let's. Uh, we talked about this. Yeah. What, I, I'm just I, I, the whole those three words together. New I adult, know, right. yes. new adult playground seem a little, uh, uh, you know, enticing. Yeah. yeah, but um, but actually, it's um. So the woman named Phyllis Mitson who runs something called uh, the Chicago Skyline Village Chicago, which is a bunch of neighbors in the sort of uh, you know the downtown Streeterville area. She was um in, in Shanghai about seven years ago, and she saw this park where a bunch of like grownups were exercising, and she was so impressed that she said, "I want to bring this to Chicago." Seven years later. Right in back of the MCA, kind of near the tennis courts and that uh, running track, they've opened this playground that's just for adults or kids who are with their parents. And it's got like, you know, universal weightlifting machines and sort of uh, like an elliptical and then these Tai Chi wheels. And it's it's really it's a great place if you you know if, if you don't want to go indoors if you're not like into indoor gyms right now during COVID, yeah. um, you can go and lift weights there and you can go and relax doing Tai Chi and it's got all the equipment just there right right there for you. Oh wow! Okay, and then, and, and so this is a, this is a 
this is a new sort of fad that's yeah. happening right now? Well, it opened up just in June. Uh, so last month, they finally got the financing. They finally got it, uh, the ribbon cut. And um, and you can go and enjoy it. And it's so, you know, if, if you don't want to just go on the baby swings that are too small for you, you can <laughs> go and work out here. So what? So it's, ba- it's it's so there's like a there's a, a portion for kids. So instead of just no, sitting no, there, no, nothing for kids. Oh, it's nothing like for if, kids. If you're under 14, stay out unless you have a parent. Wow. Oh, that's yeah. oh okay. I thought maybe there was a section for kids, and no. the adult part was just so that the so that while the kids were playing, the adults just don't sit on a bench and they can do something. No, no. On the east end of the park, they've got a playground for kids, but this is oh. just for grownups. Oh, okay. So an actual adult playground. Yeah. Oh, all right. That sounds like a that sounds like a cool thing. All right. Well, listen, Monica. Uh, always a always a, a blast to talk to you. Give Justin my best, will you? I sure will. Always, uh, always, uh, always great, Justin uh, Kaufman, who uh, I worked with uh, for several years over at WGN together, and uh, who's a great guy. I uh, I saw some of the stuff you posted. Apparently, he's a very good softball player as well. Oh yeah, two homers and four RBIs. Wow. Is yeah. he juicing? Is that the deal? Is that? Is I, that I think that? I think he is. I'm going to have to ask for a blood test next time. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're gonna have to fill this up, Justin. Uh, before, right. you, before you go to bat, I think that's gonna, what's going to happen. Well, uh, thanks so much, Nick. Monica, really quick, what are you going to eat tonight? Any plans? Oh, tonight, I think we're going to try this. Oh, we're going to try Soul and Smoke that just opened up a place near Metropolitan Brewing, right on the river, like Rockwell and the River. Oh, wow. Okay. A gorgeous night for it. Very cool. All right. Well, have fun and uh, eat the good stuff. And uh, everybody can check you out at Axios. One more time, the direct link to the Chicago Axios stuff for you and Justin and all the other things. Sure. Axios.com slash local. And then you can click on Chicago or, you know, do another slash Chicago. Okay. There you go. Monica, always a pleasure. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. We'll make this a semi-regular thing. Sound good? Yay. That okay, sounds great. great. Okay, Take Monica. Care. Take care. All See right, you later. All right. Uh, there's the great right. Monica Ang. She is just lovely and awesome. Axios.com. A X I O S. Axios.com. The Chicago uh, newsletter is out there. Subscribe to it. All that really cool stuff that she and Justin Kaufman are doing uh, is out there, and it's available. And they do great work. Monica's awesome, and uh, it's always great to talk to her. Lots of fun. You know who else is great to talk to? The one, the only Esmeralda Leon. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. That's right. The catchiest theme ever, uh, composed and performed by the one and only Jason Skaggs. Check him out. He's on Facebook and Patreon. Jason Skaggs, two G's, uh, because he is an OG G. I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> He's out of Houston, wow, Jason. two G's. That's right, two G's. Not just an OG, but he's an OGG, whatever that means. Uh, and that's Esmeralda's theme song, so that means Esmeralda Leon is here. Hi, Esmeralda. Hello. You know, it's always nice. Uh, I like it when uh, uh, I get to, to do a podcast with two of my favorite ladies ever. Oh. So I just had a, had a fantastic and wonderful and lovely conversation with the great Monica Eng. Um, mm-hmm. and we just had a fantastic and fun conversation. And then I get to talk to you. What a delight. Oh. So, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> hey, well, you're welcome. You're welcome. It's, no, I thank you, for Christ's sake. So, 
Um, anyway, hey, uh, how you been? Good? Yes. Fantastic. Right. What do you got going for the weekend? I will Are you going to see Mortal Kombat? Oh, you're going to? Oh, no, that's right. You're probably not, because I'll probably just be like, Poof. You'll be tired. Yeah, you'll be a pitchfork. I mean, that's going to take a lot I'll out of I'll probably nap watching Mortal Kombat if I were to go. That's, but we'll see, yeah. because I think Monday, too, right? Yeah, it is Monday night as well, and Sunday night. So maybe uh, Monday night. Oh, well, wait. Sunday is also Pitchfork. Friday, yes. Saturday, Sunday, right? Yeah. Pitchfork? Or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right? No, no just Friday, Friday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, we, so maybe it's not like we're taping. Monday. It's not, not like we're taping on a Thursday or anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so uh, Pitchfork. Okay, cool. So uh, going to have some fun. Uh, have, that's, a, that's a big weekend. That's cool. You're, and, but the cool thing is, as we discussed uh, on the last episode that you're very cool because you're going to be in, in the VIP tent, which if you go to yeah. those play, if you go to those things, that's where you should be. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. That's where you I, should be. This is the only one that I get anything. Mm-hmm. I know nobody that can get me into anything else. So. Well, I'm getting, I'm getting you into flashback. Okay, well, yes, there's that. And, you know what I me, mean? Like the big festivals? Yeah. I don't know anybody. You Like you don't know like Mr. You think. Mr. Palooza? You don't know Mr. Lollapalooza? No, no, no I and, don't know um, Perry you and, Farrell. You and Perry Farrell aren't close anymore? Do you have a falling out? No, you and Perry Farrell have a falling out? Unfortunately, yeah, there's a whole thing in, in 87. Right, just, back in 87 when they played, the, they played the Metro on Thanksgiving, and they did, by the way. And, uh, so anyway... Um, yeah, so but but I mentioned flashback, and I do want to get this out there because you're going to be there. Yes, um, and it it'll be my first time going to flashback. It'll be your weekend. first never flashback gone. weekend, and this is what only took you twenty years, uh, <laughs> because this is the twentieth anniversary of Flashback Weekend, um, which is the finest horror convention in the country, and I've gone to many of them. And I'm not just saying that because I work for them and am one of the hosts, and I'm really good at my job. I'm not saying that. Um, but Mike and Mia Kurz, they run the Midway Drive-In in in Dixon, Illinois, uh, or Sterling, Illinois, either one of the two, because it's Mm. known as both. Uh, they run one of the best drive-ins in the Midwest, and, uh, uh, they've been doing this Flashback Weekend for 20 years now, and all of the money that is made, any any money that is made at the Flashback Convention goes directly into keeping their drive-in open. That's how much they care about the movie experience. That's like, awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, they just love it. They love movies. They love horror. And they really don't do it for the money because there's not a lot of money in, you know, in, in you know, like, uh, you know, running a convention at a big hotel. <laughs> not, you know, if you're, if you're a mom and pop and you run a, and you run a drive-in and uh, yearly you do a convention at a hotel, you're not rolling in money. Let me just, let me just say that right now. <laughs> and whatever money that they do get goes directly back into keeping their drive-in open, which I just love. I love that. And I think that's one of the reasons why their convention is so great is because they actually give a shit. Like a lot of these conventions that you go to, they're run by corporations and they're like, all right, whatever, we'll get these celebrities to show up. We'll treat the fans like shit. We'll make them wait and do stupid stuff. That's not what happens at Flashback. At Flashback, the fans are treated with respect and dignity. And, and as you'll find out, Esmeralda, while you're there, it really mm-hmm. feels, it's weird. They're gonna, you're going to meet a lot of people that you've never met before, but within five minutes, you'll be like, it feels like I know these people forever. <laughs> that's always good yeah that's always a great feeling you know lance hendrickson lance hendrickson uh actor who was in uh, uh he was okay uh, you probably know him from he, alien aliens yeah he passed, didn't he pass no, no 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 god please no no he didn't pass did he, no, no he didn't uh no 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 lance is still no lance is still with us he was the lead in that weird uh, offshoot x-file show called millennium back in the 90s 
He was in uh, Near Dark. He was the head vampire in Near Dark. He was Bishop, the uh, the, the the cyborg uh, in Aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been in a ton of stuff. And he's come to Flashback many, many times. And one year at Flashback, he dubbed us the tribe. He's like, uh-huh. I, I love to be among the tribe. And that's what we've been calling ourselves. That's what I call all of my friends at Flashback. We're the tribe. And for one weekend a year, the tribe gets together and unapologetically fucking geeks out for three days. You know what I mean? We're yeah, all there. No, we all so fucking roll around in the world of horror. We unapologetically love <laughs> love it. We love the people that are there and the guests and the celebrities. And this year, you're going to be a part of it, Esmeralda. You're going to experience the tribe. I'm so. very excited. And as is going to be up on stage, Esma is going to be up on stage. Uh, and <laughs> we are going to be hosting a live version of the Nick D podcast. Um, and uh, it's going to be great. And, and uh, we're going to talk about horror movies. And, um, and, and I, I, one of the things, just so you're prepared, Ezra, mm-hmm. is that I will be asking you like uh, your favorite horror movies or maybe the first movie you ever saw that scared the shit out of you. Don't tell me now. Mm-hmm. Save, you know, save it for then. And we're going to talk about yeah. like experiences that you've had in horror movies and things like that. We'll talk to the audience and PJ Souls from Carrie, Halloween, Stripes, Rock and Roll High School with the fucking Ramones yes. is going to be up on stage <laughs> with us. Uh, and John Michael Graham, who played her boyfriend in Halloween, who gets stuck to the wall by Michael Myers, who stabs him and sticks yeah. him up against the wall. <laughs> He's going to be up there with us. So there are going to be live guests, and we might have people stop by. There's a real good chance, Esmeralda, that Rich Coe's Mr. Svengooley is going to stop by the stage while we're up there. I'm excited. I've never actually got to meet Svengooley. Well, you'll get to meet him, even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, if he's not able, because he's got a pretty heavy schedule. He's there on on one day only, and that's Saturday. So he's got a pretty heavy schedule. Even if he can't get up there and make a cameo on our podcast, you will Mm -hmm. definitely get to meet him and take pictures and hang out with him. No question about it. Very no cool. question about. Yeah, it. I've never gotten to meet him. He's well, been you on will. The show he was. He's, I know he, he was on your on the radio show and stuff. But yeah, it was always phone. He was. He yeah. No, he he's he was and he was the very first um, guest on this podcast, and it means a lot. You know what I mean? That's a big. That's a big deal for me. That he was mm-hmm. like he helped launch this podcast, um, and you know he's one of those guys where it was like, look, I I I'm, I'm doing my first podcast. I'm I'm really kind of green on this and i don't know what to do and he's like whatever you want i'll there you want me on the first podcast i'll do it and so he was my very first guest so rich is an amazing guy and by the way esmeralda you know what the the most fun i have all weekend is when rich hosts the sinister visions costume contest and this is when a whole bunch of people show up a bunch of members of the tribe a bunch of people just who come in costume and then mm-hmm. they walk up on stage. They do the parade of costumes. They walk up on stage. Rich introduces them, interviews them, and then the audience, uh, you know, the audience claps for them. And then they judge who's going to win. And the top three costumes win big prizes. Nice. Um, and I Rich mean, is yeah, the host. Cos- cosplaying and all that oh, stuff. Like, wait till I, you, I'm telling I commend you. people because the creativity and like the time and effort it takes. Yep. To really get like the details of, of certain costumes, whoo! Wait till you I, see. I think it's so cool. Wait till you see some of the some of the shit that happens during the weekend. I'm telling you, the people who show up in costume and that costume contest. Some of the more elaborate cosplay people don't usually enter it because it's not fair. Because there are kids and other people, you know, who show up who aren't like pros. Like these cos people, mm-hmm. these cosplay people, they they you know they go to all conventions. A lot of them do. 
Oh you yeah. You know what I mean? And but, but they're but, also like just taking so they're it's a year. Absolutely. Years. In the making Absolutely. sometimes. Of and these seriously, there outfits. are costumes. There are costumes that show up. People who show up in costume and, and cosplay who you look at and you go, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it happens on a regular basis. Like every five minutes you turn around and go, oh, my God, I've never seen anything like that before. But the cost- especially since it's horror. Yeah. They're going to be like. I, and and here's, here's the thing, Esmeralda. <laughs> when you go there, let's see if we can, maybe we can do this because I'm going to be doing, and, and hopefully you, know, you can be hanging out with me, I'm going to be doing live Facebook and internet updates during the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. And I would love you to be a part of it. And like, we'll get you. And let's do a head count on how many Michaels and Jasons we get. Oh my gosh, yeah. And Freddy's, <laughs> and Freddy's. Sorry, and Freddy's. Oh. And since Freddy is going to be there, Robert England is going to oh, yeah, be there. Gonna, oh yeah. Oh my God. Gonna, yeah. So. Freddy it up. It's going to be great. So anyway, you know, Robert England's going to be there. A ton of people from the, the Nightmare series are going to be there. Robert Carradine, who, by the way, is going to be on my podcast next uh, nice. on Tuesday. Robert Carradine is going to be there along with Donald Gibb, both stars of Revenge of the Nerds. Nerds! That, they're nerds, going to be there. nerds, nerds, nerds. <laughs> they're going to be there. Alex Winter, Bill of Bill and Ted is going to be there. Director Steve so Miner. amazing. Who did a bunch of Friday the 13th movies and Halloween H2O and a couple of episodes of Felicity, more importantly. Um, yes. is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so many other, PJ souls, like I said, PJ souls, uh, is going to be there and tons of other great activities and parties and screenings that I'll be introducing. And Esmeralda is going to be there. And we want you to be there for, and you're, you are listening to us right now on this podcast. If you are a subscriber and a listener and you love our podcast, show up. We want the Nick D fans to, to show up en masse. Oh, absolutely. And uh, we're going to be up there, and it is. We don't know the exact time yet, but it'll be in the afternoon on Saturday the 6th. So Saturday the 6th. Now, the the whole convention is three days long. It starts August 5th, goes through August 7th. It's all at the Hyatt Regency O'Hare, which is the very cool-looking building with the circular glistening domes, you know, the the circular little four uh, domes. Uh, and that's the Hyatt Regency O'Hare. It's there all weekend. Beautiful hotel. Tons of room for parties. Tons of room for all kinds of gatherings and stuff. Um, and um, uh, and it's going to be fantastic. And we're going to be on stage doing our podcast. And we want the Nick D fans to pot, to, to just pack the place. So flashbackweekend.com. Get your tickets now. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the 5th, 6th, and 7th of uh, August coming up. And on the 6th, Saturday afternoon, the 6th, that's when... The podcast is going to happen live in the big convention room. So, and I'm excited for you to be there, Esmeralda. And we're going to have a blast, and it'll be great. I'm excited to go. It'll be great to talk <laughs> with the you know with the fans and 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 all that stuff. And you'll you'll meet the tribe, and 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 hopefully a ton of our our subscribers and listeners will show up and and come up and say hi. And, and please do come up and say hi to me and Esmeralda. And we're going to have uh, you know a couple of mics out in the audience. You know, and we'll do like audience participation stuff during um, during the podcast recording. And all that mm-hmm. stuff. And then you can hear yourself on the podcast. It'll be available like the following day. It'll be posted. So uh, there you go. So anyway, August 6th on Saturday afternoon is the podcast. And the whole weekend, Flashback Weekend, is the 5th through the 7th at the Hyatt Regency O'Hare. Flashbackweekend.com. So get your tickets. I'm excited to, to be back because I took last year. I, I was away last year. And it was canceled in 2020 because of COVID. Well, so, there you go. Oh, so Yeah. It's, it's been, been two, years now. It's been, it's 2019. <laughs> 2019 was my last one, so it's, uh, I'm excited to get back to the tribe. So it should be fun. I'm and sure I'm so excited. I'm excited to see you again. I hope so. I hope they're not like, oh, that Jagoff's back? It was so much better last <laughs> no. year without him. Um, but anyway, uh, and I'm so excited that you're going to be there, Esmeralda, just to share in the fun. And 
we're going to have a blast and we'll get, you know, and we'll do a whole bunch of like drop-ins for Facebook and the internet and social media, live stuff and videos and all kinds of cool stuff. It's just going to be a great time. You're going to have a blast. And so is Colin. Colin's going to yeah, have fun. I'm so too. excited. Yeah. Oh no. Colin's going to, Colin's going to get super excited because he's a huge movie guy. I know. Um, I know. So he doesn't, you know, yeah. he doesn't really discriminate in terms of like. And the if, genres. He, if he so. loves if he loves movies and horror movies and sci-fi and genre movies and stuff, uh, make sure he brings his uh, his wallet with him because the vendor room. I can't tell yeah. you, Esmeralda, how much money I spent. Like I'm already, you know, not making money at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to I'm going to dig myself a hole between August 5th and 7th in terms of debt, because that vendor right. room is so loaded with stuff. Mm-hmm. T-shirts and hats and action figures and books and DVDs and Blu-rays. Any kind of item that you could possibly imagine that is horror or sci-fi or genre related is on sale in that vendor room. Yeah. And the, and the vendors are amazingly cool. So, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. I mean, I'm that's gonna... also really fun to see um, all, all the, the stuff. Like memorabilia, yeah. like you said, T-shirts, hats, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Just because a lot of those things you don't, you're not going to see them in stores. No, you're, you're absolutely not. right. You're not. And, and, and also people, you know, the vendors also bring their own personal shit. So like collectible stuff, like their own stuff that's not for sale, mm-hmm. but they have it there for you to look at. So it also is not just a vendor room where you can buy stuff, but it's also like partially like a museum where you can look at really cool props and really yeah, cool stuff so from movies. Cool. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. You're going to have a great time. And we are going to have a fucking blast and we're going to do a fantastic live uh podcast and we expect a ton of people to be out there so anyway august 5th through the 7th hyatt regency o'hare flashbackweekend.com get your tickets now and we'll see you there so uh weird candy now we're gonna have fun with this one now we're getting to the tail end i think there's only maybe one or two candies left after this yes but this one explain to to explain to our listeners what you and i will be having fun with today uh it's a toilet (laughs) filled with powder which I'm sure in the 80s that was a huge thing. Hello. Wait a minute. Covered hold in, on. Covered wait. in power. Wait, hold on. Wait a second. Wait, wait a second. Oh. Hold on a minute. Oh, there you go. There it is. Oh, wait. Uh-oh. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Hi. Nick's show. Hi, Hi I'm Carrie Hi, Russell, Carrie. and I love Nick's show. Thank you, Carrie. Um, I think she's going to be very disappointed that I'm gone that whole weekend. She's going to be out on the back porch going, where the hell is Nick? Right. So, and then, and then, well, you should probably leave a note saying, "I'll be at Flashback Weekend." <laughs> if you want to come up, if you want to come by, buy your tickets. Buy, buy your ticket. <laughs> yes, Carrie Russell has to buy her ticket, <laughs> even though she's been in a couple of horror movies. She was in a horror movie last year called Antlers, <clears throat> oh. which was which was pretty creepy. Uh, and uh, yeah, she was in a, uh, a, a, a a an alien abduction weirdo alien abduction movie called like. Oh, fuck. What was it called? Fire in the Sky or The Sky is an Asshole or Look at the Scary Sky or something like that. So, But but she was in Antlers. <laughs> yeah, look at the Scary Sky. That's what it was. That's what it was called. But that she was in Antlers. movie. Look at she that was, Scary Sky. <laughs> she was in Antlers, which was a very weird movie. Not a great movie, but it had some of the best, like, old school. You know, you remember back in the 80s, Esmeralda, like, The Thing and all those other movies where somebody would, they would have the, like, American Werewolf in London where they would do, like, a transformation scene. Mm-hmm. And a person would turn into a beast and they would change and it would be sort of practical, sort of like rubber latex effects. Yeah. You know? And, they, ah, and their face would stretch out and shit would... like. There is an unbelievable la- uh, uh, practical makeup 
transformation scene in that movie Antlers. One of the best I've ever seen. And it wasn't done with CGI. It was mm. badass. And Carrie Russell was in that. So maybe she should show up at Flashback. I mean, I yeah, and you said when she's apparently in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. She was in, yeah, she's in Dawn of the Planet. She's in the Star Wars movies because J.J. when J.J. Abrams took over, he created, you know, um, he created uh, uh, Felicity with Matt Reeves, who did the who did the Planet of the Apes movies. J.J. Yeah, J. Abrams, Carrie so Russell gets killed in the in the third Mission Impossible movie because J.J. Abrams directed it. She should definitely go to flashback. Bring Tom Cruise. You should tell her. Let her know. I will. I'll let her know. I'll, I'll, I'll let her know next time she rings the bell. But anyway, I'm sorry right. I interrupted you, but you've got, um, we've got to have a toilet that we're going to be dipping stuff in. Yes. So it is like those, um, like, fun dip. Uh, right. Lick-a-maid. Lick-a-maid. <laughs> There's very different names and, like, uh-huh. forms. But they're all usually, you know... It's in either a package where you then dip a stick. That's right. usually just candy. It's like a flavorless kind of candy that you dip into the, the flavors. Or they have like little, there's like baby bottle ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you dip the, the essentially the nipple into the powder and then you, you can like suck on it like a baby. Right. But this one is a toilet. Right. And it's quite a, I mean, it looks, you cannot think it's not a toilet. This is a toilet. It's a toilet. It's got little, it's got the toilet. It's not just the toilet. It's got the tank, mm-hmm. and the 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 little lollipops that you dip into the toilet are shaped like plungers. So it's like yeah, you're basically plunging the toilet into the powder that you suck on. You suck on the plunger and then stick it back in the toilet. So you're sucking on a plunger after you stick it into a toilet. Is essentially what we're going to be doing. Yes, and for some <laughs> reason, oh, I see. Well, I still don't get it. The so it's called sour flush. Right. And there's a picture of a water tornado? <laughs> I think it's the toilet being flushed. Oh, okay. So the, the and I, flush it's the water flushing itself is a is a thing. Yeah. And I think that's that, that picture that's is. that's <laughs> the that's the water he's got he's he's just he's water being flushed. Mm, okay. And if he's go is he going the right direction or is it an Australian toilet? Um he's going ca- counterclockwise. So that's 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 right. That's that's the way it goes down. That's the way it goes down here. Okay. In America, in in Australia is where it goes down clockwise. Got it. So, I so do anyway, like that on this, I do like on the sides. You can clip. It, it comes with two plungers, by the way. <laughs> yeah. You can clip the plungers to the side of the toilet. I almost Tank. feel like they should do that in real life. I uh, yeah, you would think that they would have that. <laughs> I mean, my, I have I do have a plunger next to the tank of my toilet in my bathroom, but it's but not. This one's like this one clips right to the toilet. It's pretty How cool. How genius would that be? Someone. And we'll take a picture. Toilets. We'll take a picture of Sour Flush. Or, you know, if you want yes. to look it up, what's the company? Do we know the company's uh, name? Oh I goodness. can't read it. It's very, very small. I can't read it because I'm old. But it's Sour Flush is the name of the candy. So maybe if you do I, a look. Yeah, I can't see it. It's um, I'm in a very dark room. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, this is this is. The glamorous world of doing the Nick D podcast. Esmeralda yeah. is in a dark closet right now. <laughs> because the light, I can't turn the light on. It It turns, um, it's a sensor. Oh, okay. All right. And I'm too far down to, to igno- the sensor won't acknowledge you, me. I'm just picturing you like... <laughs> Like you're in a like you're in a PSA from the fifties, duck and cover because the because the <laughs> Russians are gonna bomb us soon. That's what I'm. That's what I'm. Picturing. I mean, well, 
Uh, oh, hey, by uh, the way, um, yes. so we're going to dip a, 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 a candy plunger into some powder in a toilet and, and eat that yes. later. Uh, mm-hmm. I do want to mention this. You remember uh, a couple of episodes ago, on our 50th, the 50th episode, Slap Slapley, our British friend who is buddies with Tom Hush, the executive producer of the great Steve Cochran show, mornings, 530 to 9 on WLSAM. Yeah. Um, we did like, you know, our regular quiz and uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood was brought up. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he was being very dismissive of Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Slap was. Right. And I, I had to defend them. And he's like, well, what else did they have besides relax? They didn't remember that. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, they had two tribes. They had Warriors of the Wasteland. And then I said, they do a cover. And I think you were surprised by this as well. I yeah. said, they do a cover of Bruce Springsteen's Born to Run. And yes, and it's true. Frankie goes to Hollywood. Relax. Frankie says relax. The T-shirts, the whole, you know, those guys. Uh, that sort of 80s new wave dance band. They do a cover of Born to Run. By Springsteen. Yes, and I listened to I listened to a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. It's great. I yeah, was quite. I don't know what I was thinking was going to well, happen, but it was good. <laughs> well, here's the thing, and I maintain I'm not a big Springsteen fan. I maintain it's actually better than Springsteen's version. Mm. Um, and I and of course Slap was like, you know, completely dismissive. He's like, there's no way. First of all, there's no way you're lying. Frankie goes to Hollywood. Did not do a cover of Bruce Springsteen's Born to Run. I'm like, yes, they did, and it rules. And he and I'm sure that Slap did not look it up or bother to even bother with it, but yeah. you did, you did, and you and you like it. Well, I did because I was like, "What? What? Yeah, exactly." I, was just, that, I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to hear it for myself because I don't. I'm like, "How is that going to work?" Right, <laughs> right. Now, now let me do this. Let me play a voicemail, okay? And by mm-hmm. the way, if you want to send us a voicemail or an email, email us anytime you want. NickDPodcast at gmail dot com. Hey, and let us know if you're coming to Flashback. We want to hear from you. We would love to know if you're coming. So let us know. Are you coming to Flashback August 6th to see us live? Um, NickDPodcast at gmail.com or voicemail 773-417-6948. Okay, we got a voicemail from our old friend Charlie. Mm-hmm. All right, so here, listen to this. Hey, Nick. It's Charlie from Androgynous Mustache Calling. I was just listening to the podcast where you recommended that uh, Esmeralda should listen to the Frankie Goes to Hollywood version of Born to Run. Now, I'm a gigantic Springsteen fan. Not so much that I... I don't try to convince people that don't like Springsteen to like him. I mean, what am I going to do? Make you listen to a longer version of Born to Run? Absolutely not. <laughs> but I listened to it, and I got to say, it's amazing. And as a huge Springsteen fan, Born to Run, where Frankie goes to Hollywood, is as good as the original Born to Run. And it's got a bass solo. <laughs> Thank you for doing the podcast. I'm listening to every episode. You guys are amazing. Hello to Esmeralda. Hello to everybody who, who comes on, and uh, thanks a lot for, for doing this, buddy. Uh, you know how much I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. All right. How about that? How, 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 isn't that amazing? <laughs> like, but look at you. You're, you're opening minds. I am, and I am. If suddenly, if there's a spike in people you know, downloading Born to Run by Frankie Goes to Hollywood, I hope Holly Johnson <laughs> calls me at some point and says, uh, hey, thanks. So anyway. But that's coming. Yeah, Char- Charlie's a bass player, by the way. That's why he was so excited that there was a bass solo in it. Yeah. Because Charlie's a bass player. Well, and also, and- you know, mm-hmm. I feel like the bass doesn't get as much props. 
I would agree as with that. The guitar does, you know. And I and I know that Charlie agrees with that as well. But no, <laughs> and I know Charlie. I've known Charlie for a very long time. He's been in a bunch of bands that I know. And Androgynous Mustache is the cover band that he's in with my good friend Chris Anderson. Charlie's been a listener of my show at on, on at the Car Wash for many many years, and he's he's been a part of the, you know been listening to this podcast since the beginning. And and I know he is a massive Springsteen fan. And for him to say it's as good as the original, that's a big deal. <laughs> it's a big deal. So anyway, I couldn't let that pass. Okay. Esmeralda, you ever see movies and go, uh, I wonder what the real message is here? Yeah, actually. <laughs> Have you? Because uh, you're just like, what in the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> well, I do have, uh, we have this really sort of a fun article where uh, we have movies that have hidden messages that maybe they weren't obvious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some of these, I think, are interesting. Some are horseshit. Um, but have you, have you had a chance to look? Have you had a chance to look at any of them? Um, just perusing them. Yeah, I can... <laughs> I see what you mean where it's like that. That's probably you're, not what they're You're stretching going it for. a little bit. Yeah, you're stretching <laughs> it. Like, I, I really like to add all kinds of, of uh, depth to movies that don't have them. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, because it's just, I, I try to justify me liking certain movies and going, yeah, but it's really about this. You know? <laughs> but sometimes it's real. Like I've, I've said before, Colossal uh, is, the I think, the best movie ever made about alcoholism, even though it's done in an allegorical way. But mm-hmm. that's really what the subtext of that movie is about. But, you know, sometimes it's like, uh, you, know, uh, you know, like Porky's is really about, uh, you know, coming to terms with uh, adulthood and, and dealing with the fact that you will soon have children. That's what Porky's is really about, when in fact it's just a titty movie. It's a titty movie. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah, I don't think they had that deeper meaning at all. <laughs> That was the first talks when they were talking about the storyline. Like, this is what it's going to (laughs) be. It's going to be about this. It's about the terrifying reality of growing older and getting married. Okay, cool. That's great. Can we set it in a high school and have some tits in it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that'll. Oh no, no, no! There'll be plenty of tits. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry about the tit quotient. There will be. But I just, I really think that they're going to take away from this music. Okay, no. <laughs> just shut up and put tits in it and just shut up. Right? Okay. Um, all right. Well, let, why, don't you, why don't you handle, let's, let's trade these off. Why don't you handle reading the first one here that we, that we have in this, uh, this piece about the hidden messages behind movies. Yes. Okay. Well, this one's Star Wars. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, what, <laughs> what they're talking about. I. Again, like you said, some of these might not be so accurate. Luke's journey to manhood starts with him in the sunken womb-like moisture farm. (laughs) R2-D2 blows Luke's mind with an image of a beautiful woman. Obi-Wan Kenobi teaches him all about lightsabers, Uh electric glowing phalluses that extend Mm. on demand. Mm -hmm. It is his dad's lightsaber, which means that his manhood is borrowed, not actually attained, so naturally, his dad symbolically castrates him. I don't know. N- I don't think that's what this is, but okay. Well, you know, uh, Star Wars fans yeah. might argue with you on that. Has um, What's-His-Face said that? Well, wh- who? Uh, you know, the guy who made it. What's his name? Oh, Lucas. George Lucas. George Lucas. Yeah. No, he, he remains... <laughs> you know, that guy. He, I don't think he gives a shit. I mean, think, I think like he's made so much money. He clearly doesn't care. He made the prequels. You've seen the prequels. Right. <laughs> I mean, is it, I thought it was just a cowboy movie. 
that it was it, it is it's the, it is it's based on it is inspired by Seven Samurai, uh, the great Akira Kurosawa uh, samurai movie, um, and it is uh, based on uh, space uh, 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 like operas like uh, Flash mm-hmm. Gordon and stuff like that, and it was meant to be sort of like a cowboy movie in space, an adventure movie in space. Yes, um, but you know, so many people have latched on to it. And and by the way, it says Star Wars, and I guess they're talking about the entire trilogy because, um, yeah. yeah, or at least the 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 ones the first ones that came out, right? So yeah, now you don't find out. Do you find out that you don't find out that Luke? No, you don't find he doesn't get his hand cut off, and you don't find out that Darth is Luke's father until Empire. So they have to be talking about all three of the movies. Because in yeah, the first, because whatever the what's the last whatever Empire is the last one. Well, no, the, no, of the, the trilogy. No, Jedi is the last one. Return of the Jedi. Oh. So it's it's whatever the fuck. New Hope, New Hope, which is the original Star Wars. Empire Strikes Back and Jedi. And Empire Strikes Back is the one that ends where you find out where Darth Vader is his dad, and Darth Vader chops off Luke's hand. Oh. So it ends very darkly. It ends. That's why everybody loves the second one. That's why this, in my opinion. The second one is kind of the only good Star Wars movie is because it ends it ends so depressingly. Um, Wait, which so, was the ones with the uh, the little bears? That's the third one. That's Jedi. <laughs> okay. Little fucking Ewoks. I haven't, the Ewoks. I haven't seen the second one then. Oh, what's well, the only good one of the three? <laughs> so, <laughs> I've only seen the first one and the uh, the one with and, the Ewoks and Jedi. That's it. Yes. Okay, I'm of not the old enc- ones. Okay, I'm not encouraging you to see any of them, quite frankly. <laughs> I, if you I've don't seen, see them, you're fine. You're going to live a full happy seen, life. I might have seen all the the new the prequels ones. and all the well the new JJ J. J. Abram ones. No, um, those the, I think the I have ones with seen all with, of them. with Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley and and, and Oscar Isaac. Those yes, I've okay. seen all those. I mm-hmm. haven't. I think I've seen at least. I saw the one with uh, Jar Jar Binks. Okay, that's that's the well. He's in two of the of the uh, of the three. So I've seen at least prequels. one of those. All right. Again, no uh, worries, Esmeralda. Yeah. You're fine. You're fine. It's very like I don't. Yeah. And no, Colin fine. gets mad at me because I ask him questions and he gets mad about <laughs> having to answer my stupid questions about Star Wars. So I, you know, I, I there's a lot. Of, a lot of that happens when people watch movies with me, and I hear this a lot. God damn it, Nick! I hear that a lot. <laughs> Um, okay. So this whole thing, I'm just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Don't give you asthma. Right. Don't give you asthma. See, now Caddyshack, that's a deep and significant movie. A lot of hidden meaning mm-hmm. <laughs> in Caddyshack. Oh, I can, I, I completely, I, I, I can right. understand that. Come on, how about that, that <laughs> incredible symbolism of a gopher burrowing down into the hole, you know, underground? There's a lot and then going the on there. And the poop in the water and the poop. Right, the baby Ruth in the tub, right? in the in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, Terminator Two. Uh, with the Berlin Wall down, T two traded its predecessor's Cold War anxiety for a story about police brutality. If the image of an LA police officer repeatedly trying to kill a teenager doesn't seem politically motivated by to you, James Cameron himself admitted that the T one thousand disguised himself as a cop because police dehumanized the public. Uh, as they're uh, that they're sworn to protect. Now, I gotta say this hmm. one. This one I buy. This one I think is true. Yeah. Um, well, and then he says something about it. So yeah, this is true. I mean, I, I, and the movie came out in the summer of 1991. The movie literally came out three months after the Rodney King tape leaked, and mm-hmm. 
seven months before the verdict. So it was right mm-hmm. in that, you know what I mean? Right in that wheelhouse, right in that middle part. Yeah. And the fact that the bad guy is dressed as an L.A. cop is not a mistake. It's not, you know, an accident. And it's also really interesting that for um, most of the running time of the movie, the kid that this L.A. cop alien is trying to kill is wearing a public enemy T-shirt. That's not a mistake. Mm. That's not Mm. a mistake. (laughs) So so that one I buy. It is about unrest in L.A. at that time. T2 uh, is seriously, there's political stuff going on. And and, uh, you you would agree with that one, right? Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I could see that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, just it's just one of the things that that movie, yeah, talks about because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's essentially so. predicting the future. Yeah, <laughs> I still like the first one better. I still like the first Terminator more. I and I know, um, I the for me the first one had more heart. I know it was a lower budget and the effects weren't as impressive and you know what I mean and it wasn't as big and yeah. it didn't make and it didn't make as big as political statement as we're talking about but I just love it because it was like low budget sci-fi nobody knew who Arnold was really at that point it was like Yeah, one of the, it, it, that one's very much action movie. And it's also a love story because the stuff between Michael Bean and Linda Hamilton I think is mm-hmm. beautiful. A beautiful. Yeah. Um so I I much prefer the first one to the second one but most people are like fuck you the second one's much better. <laughs> But in terms of in terms of you know like big action set pieces, obviously the second one is much bigger, and right? Crazy. But I feel but like I, the the first one is a very it's a pared down very yeah. much action movie. But yeah, um, what it, because it is really simple. Mm-hmm. I think it like it it does more because they don't. They don't I agree. Have to go flashy. I totally agree with you. Happening. I totally agree with you. That's one of the reasons why I love it. I, that's one of the reasons why I love it. So anyway, but yeah, T2, political. Is there any, any other one that you want to jump in here about hidden movie meanings, Esmeralda? Um, well, I guess let's keep going with all this stuff about wieners. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> especially since we're talking about flashback weekend. Yes. They have Halloween yeah. here. Um, Michael Myers might be a metaphor for a walking killer erection. Mm-hmm. His first kill comes when his sister fools around with her boyfriend. Years right. later, he pops up again. Hello. When two teens have sex on Halloween, at the end of the movie, he tracks Lori to a bedroom, but the virginal babysitter wants nothing to do with this monstrosity. His white mask could even be a subtle reference to a condom-sheathed dong. Uh, I'm going to go no, but... Yeah. Listen, I've interviewed John Carpenter. <laughs> I've talked to John Carpenter. And if he, if you were to read that to Carpenter, his response after he finished exhaling the pot that he'd be smoking uh, would, <laughs> would be, that's a bunch of bullshit. That would be... <laughs> I mean, I think it's it probably has... Because, I mean, it's a thing of, like, Michael saw that, right? He did. He saw his girl. He saw his sister. You know, having sex with with this guy. So that um, might have. And then we don't know what his life was like. Yeah. Really. Right. Well, no, you don't. And so. that's one of the things. That's one of the things that Rob Zombie fucks up so much when he shit all over the Halloween series because he tried mm. to give Michael a backstory. He came from mm. an abusive. He came from an abusive family. He got the shit kicked out of him. He was. You know. He grew up to be a. You know. Uh, that's why he turned into a killer. The thing about Halloween and why the, the original Halloween is a masterpiece is because he's just evil. That's it. He's just evil. He represents evil. He's the boogeyman. And at the end of the movie, when he's gone, after he takes six slugs, after Loomis shoots him and he falls off the balcony, 
And at the end of the movie, when he's gone, it's symbolically like evil exists. That's it. You can't get rid of it. So to like try to give Michael a backstory, which is bullshit. They tried to do that in the sequel and all the other, like even the shit that's out now, the ones that are coming out with Jamie Lee Curtis, the one that came out, the two that came out already, Halloween mm-hmm. and Halloween Kills. And the new one is Halloween Ends, comes out in October. Even they try to like make a backstory for Michael. You watch that first movie, 90 minutes, it's perfect. It's a perfect movie. It is about the boogeyman. It is about evil. That's it. Don't try to give Mike a backstory. Don't give him psychology. Because when did the whole thing of like the, that Jamie Lee Curtis is his sister start? Second movie. Or was that in the first? Oh, okay. No, 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 no. The first movie, none of that shit is in the first movie. <laughs> none yeah. of it. The first movie is 90 <laughs> minutes of perfection. And simplicity. It ends. Michael's gone, but evil is still out there. That's it. That's the end of it. Carpenter didn't want to make a sequel. Never wanted to make 90 of them. I mean, he gets paid, so he's fine about that. You know? (laughs) Uh, So he's, you know, that's why he's executive producer of these last few ones that Jamie Lee Curtis came back for. Um, You know, he's fine. He's he's cashing the checks. He can sit at home and play video games and blow weed now, which is what basically John Carpenter (laughs) does. So... He's happy to do it. He's so happy to do it. Uh, I love John Carpenter so much. He's the best. But yeah, adding all of that, oh, he's a, he's a wiener with a condom on. Shut up. I like that he's a walking erection. Like, Get wow, the fuck all right. out of here. And it did become, and, and again, you know, Esmeralda, as you know, the movies, the ripoffs, the slasher ripoffs that that movie spawned became more and more about be, being, pun, being a teenage girl punished for fucking. Mm-hmm. That became the standard. All the slasher movies, whoever the killer was, didn't matter who it was, if you're a teenager and you have sex, you're going to get killed. That was like, that, right. became, that became part of the genre. That's not Carpenter's fault. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Right. And then it didn't help that that's the Friday the 13th are pretty much. Exactly. I mean, that's that kid. That kid's backstory is very Carrie-like. Yeah. Of the whole religion yeah. and everything. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Eve was weak. Eve was weak. I'm sorry. That's my that's my Piper Laurie from Carrie. Oh, Eve was weak. Are you gonna do that to Peach? I am. Well, no. She yeah. She's in Carrie. Yeah. Maybe I will. Yeah. So just start yelling that at her. Now like, she's got an interesting. Remember here's a fun. Here's a fun thing you want you that we can bring up that we'll probably talk about. You know she in Carrie, and we'll talk about this uh, in length. We'll, and she'll tell the whole story at flashback on August sixth when you all show up. Esmeralda, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, her eardrum got completely obliterated, obliterated, obliterated and punctured during a scene in Carrie. Oh, no. And it's this, it's this, it's actually this, the film, the, 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 take they used in the movie is her, including her, mo- the moment that her eardrum blows out. Oh God. It's in the movie. That's. A... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she's got a great story Yikes. about it. Yeah. So anyway, I wanted to bring that up. Just a little tease, a little tease. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. <laughs> All right. Are you a fan of RoboCop, Esmeralda? Uh, uh, you know, I mean, again. Um, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen the, because how many, how many did well, they do? Well, there's three. There was a TV series and a remake. Yes. Yeah. Um, and basically. I remember all those, but the original is just such a, I am amazed that that came out. Just um, violence wise. I totally it's, agree with you. It's so it's it's hilarious to think that now there's more or at least there's a perceived thing that there's like more restrictions. Yeah. In movies. 
Here, the, and a, you look at the 80s and you're just like, oh, wow. Well, RoboCop, the, just... the, the original RoboCop is a fucking great movie. And by the way, they're yeah. screening it. They're screening it, uh, Esmeralda, if you're you know, around. I think at the end of the month, uh, mm. they're screening it at midnight at the Music Box, the original RoboCop. Mm, okay. um, and if you've never seen it on the big screen, it's, it's amazing. Um, but RoboCop is a great film. It's a great movie. And it's directed by the insane Paul Verhoeven. Um, and there's, they, they, in this article, they talk about the Christ-like symbolism, which is absolutely true. Uh, he is a, he's a Christ-like character. In it, the way he's killed, it's very symbolic of, uh, it, it, very, very similar to crucifixion, the way he's killed. But I remember seeing RoboCop, especially the scene where they just shoot Murphy, Peter Weller, they just shoot the shit out of him while he's laying on the ground. Mm-hmm. I remember first seeing that movie in 1987 when it came out and was going, what the fuck am I watching right now? Like it is, and you're absolutely right, Esmeralda. It's jaw dropping in how potent and 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 stunning that violence is. Yeah, and you'd think that now you watch stuff and you're just like, oh my god, how can they yeah. do that? And then the '80s are just like, no, nope, we did I know it first. <laughs> we did it first, oh. and we did, and especially if it's wow. directed by Paul Verhoeven, because Verhoeven also did Total Recall, and there's shit in Total Recall where you're like, what the, f-? you know what I mean? I mean, he did Basic mm-hmm. Instinct. Paul Verhoeven directed Basic Instinct. You want to talk about a movie that pushes the boundaries on the R rating. It's a really quick story, Esmeralda. I screened RoboCop at the, the Movie Co Theater in Rosemont, which is now AMC, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. part of when I used to do the series, the Nick D uh, Film Club series, of which you attended a few of those. Yeah, yeah. I did RoboCop, and I was very excited about it, and I did the introduction. And I was like, okay, here it is, RoboCop, yay. And we sit down, and we're watching it, and the first sort of uh, – you know, scene of multiple homicide in the movie is during a big board meeting when they unveil the robot, you know, version of a cop, the big giant robot. And it basically kills everybody in the room. Um, we're watching that scene and all of a sudden there, all of a sudden the extra violence popped in and I was screening the X-rated version and I didn't know it. Oh no. <laughs> um, and, Eric what do you and I. Mean you didn't know. We didn't know which version we got because, like, we ordered it from the from the studio, and they sent it to us. And there was the unrated version, and the regular version. And they sent us the unrated version. And I was more than pleased about it because it had all the extra scenes and extra violence. Um, but I didn't know. I thought we just had the R-rated version. I didn't even know this. And after my intro, I sit down. And Eric Childress is sitting behind me. And during the boardroom scene, when they cut to the close-up of a guy's head getting completely mangled by a gun, I was like, "Oh shit! This is the unrated." Like, we knew right away. <laughs> oh, my God. So afterwards, I, was, I explained to everybody. I'm like, listen, um, if there are, are some extra uh, violent moments in that, it's because that I just screened you the X-rated, unrated version. <laughs> so, Esmeralda, imagine a version of that movie even more violent. And nice. I screened it. <laughs> And then to think that, like, that, like, what was left in? Yeah. Because <laughs> they're like, that's no. okay, it's R. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> uh. So I love it. Okay, one, 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 grab one more here, and then we'll taste our plungers. Um, let's see here. <laughs> oh, let's do uh, the Lebowski one. Since, okay. Um, you like Lebowski or no? Of course I do. Jeff Bridges is okay. in Okay, just checking. I don't know. And the Coen uh, brothers made it. Of course I do. <laughs> so scissors show up a lot because all the, again with the wieners, uh, <laughs> show up a lot because all the male characters have been metaphorically castrated. Right. Walter is beholden to his ex-wife. The Big Lebowski is powerless from the waist down. Right. The leads helplessly squabble, trying to outdo each other's masculinity by urinating on each other's property. 
brandishing swords and pistols or outright threatening to cut off each other's balls. Right. I mean, I just assume that was just because y'all are men. Exactly. Yeah. No. No, no, no. <laughs> it is, but I will say that the dick imagery in that movie is pretty, it's a lot of it. You know what I mean? And the, and the castration yeah. stuff is big, you know? Um, so I, I think, I think that that is that, and it wouldn't surprise me that one of the themes behind a Coen brothers movie involved dicks. That does not, sur- <laughs> that does not surprise me at all. So anyway, all right, Jeff Bridges and dicks. All right. I'm having a very hard time trying to get the plastic off my plunger. Speaking of, <laughs> there's a, that could be completely <laughs> misconstrued as a, sealed. A, as a dick joke right there. I can't get the plastic off my plunger. All right. Well, all right. Oh my gosh. I got okay. I got it. Wait. I got mine. All right. So basically it's a sucker shaped okay. like a plunger. Yes. And we're gonna dip it into a toilet which is filled mm-hmm. with powdered sour candy. Yes. Okay. All right. I got the plastic so off it's my great because so the, the powder is in the toilet and you right. you lift up the toilet seat. Right. You lift up the toilet and lid. Then... And then if you're a guy, after you, after you eat it, you leave the toilet seat up. See what I did there? You see, right. understand what I did there? Hold on a second. All right. There you go. So the, the plunger itself is watermelon. Mm. Okay. I have the blue raspberry. Oh, and it's tasty. Oh, okay. So yours, yours, I'm assuming, is raspberry then. Mm-hmm. Mine is raspberry, yeah. And then now, the powder, I'm assuming, will also be coinciding flavors. Right. Here. And my toilet is blue. What color is your toilet? Oh, um... Like a uh, reddish, pinkish. Okay. Like watermelon. There you go. So mine is, a, mine is raspberry <laughs> or blue. Yeah. So uh, blue raspberry. All right. Dipping here we go. I'm sand. dipping. I'm dipping. I'm dipping. Here we go. Ooh. Oh, my God. Is that sour? <laughs> oh. Mm. It hits you in the back. It hits it you like in your, in your jaw. It does. It's good, though. I like this. I enjoy... I enjoy the the dipping mm. powdered mm. stuff. I used so, to I loved fun dip. Well, this is really this is good. I got to say, you dip it into the sour toilet and you suck on the mm-hmm. plunger and it's good. And I like that you can you can close it and it closes like properly. Right. So you can save it for later. You can save it for later. All right. And then All hang right, up so, your little plunger right on the back. <laughs> All right. So, uh, a nice little blueberry flavored Sucker shaped like a plunger. You dip it into the mm-hmm. very, very, very sour blueberry uh, powder, and then you yeah. stick it back in. It's a toilet. So you can we- put other. You can put Kool Aid in here for next time. <laughs> <laughs> if you run out of powder, you know yeah, mean? go like, right to yeah, cocaine. Yeah, powder. Get some Kool Aid yeah. or cocaine. Go right to cocaine or cocaine. Right. <laughs> you could carry cocaine in this toilet. That would be yeah. That's test an out, interesting. Yeah. Test it. Test, test out the TSA. <laughs> See what happens at the airport if you try that. <laughs> you know, it's just candy. Yeah. It's only candy. Look, it's toilet. It's sour flush. So, all right. Yeah, I don't um, know what the um. I don't know what the TSA rules are on powders. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. Oh man. All right. Well, anyway, sour flush. Thank you for that. That was fun. Very tasty, very soury, and kind of cute. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's a functional toilet. All right. Hey, uh, be a sponsor on our podcast. Uh, you can, you'll reach a lot of people. Advertise with us. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. Uh, voicemail, 773-417-6948. 
Email nickdpodcast at gmail.com. My thanks to Jason Skaggs. My thanks to uh, the wonderful Monica Eng from Axios.com. And my thanks to Esmeralda. And next time, Robert Carradine. Yes, from the incredible, legendary, storied Carradine family. John Carradine, Keith Carradine, all the Carradines. Star of Revenge of the Nerds and The Long Riders and Ghosts of Mars. He's going to be at Flashback Weekend, and we're going to talk with him uh, as part of the next podcast on Tuesday. So please, thanks for listening. Check out uh, RadioMisfits.com. Rate and review us on every platform. And uh, we thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. The wind is right on